0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sassy Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Lucy Pinto. I'm excited to share with you my stories of everyday resilience and allow others to share theirs. My goal is to help people heal and find inner peace through our shared stories. This episode may include profanity or discuss topics that may be triggering for some. So let's go ahead and get started and give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Sure.
1: Okay, well, hi everybody. My name is Colleen Starkoak, and I am a brain coach for unconventional humans. That means a lot of different things, but essentially what it means is I am a brain based coach, meaning that neuroscience informs my methodology, my approach, my tools, all of the work that I do with folks, whether that is In the realm of life coaching, which is a lot of sort of confidence building or relationship or communication work, anything in that area, a lot of family stuff comes up in that area, whether that's in career coaching, uh, which of course is a huge range of things. I tend to work with a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs and folks who are starting their own businesses. I also coach a lot of coaches who are, you know, becoming coaches in their in their own right. And it's been so fun to see those businesses take off. And then of course, brand coaching is kind of the third leg of what I do. And that comes from, you know, my background as a brand executive in New York City. And, uh, and I apply that uh, in a variety of different ways depends on what folks are working on, you know, so that's kind of the the long and the short of it. And uh, of course, I have so many details and uh, and examples I'm happy to offer as they come up. But that's that's the, the brief intro.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I was going to look it up in my email and I didn't get around to it, but I believe you and I connected. I want to say it was March of 2017. And I remember, and I love to point this out because I find that I get connected with people in such interesting ways. I remember seeing my good friend Gabby posted something about a review about you and how she was raving about you and how her business Mm -hmm. had gone to six figures and it was blowing up and everything. And at the time I had a job in software and I had my side clothing business and I I wanted to take it to the next level. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. I was like, I trust Gabby. Like, let me, let me contact this lady and see what it's all about. So I remember I reached out to you. We got on a call. I remember I was sitting outside of my apartment in the car and we kind of connected and decided to work together. And then I remember the beginning process, you know, and I think I was super nervous and excited to work on my business, but little did I know that you were going to start unpacking every single inch of my life. (laughs) And I have to tell you. That work had such an impact on me that I still have the paperwork. I literally, I went through it today and I was like, let me just look at my notes and thoughts and everything. And it had such an impact on my life. And I remember talking about my, you know, the fact that I love fashion and the fact that I have great friendships and I have an office job and I have a business and I have a relationship and all this different stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember it this way, but this is how I remember it, is that we were kind of going around to all the different bubbles talking about everything. And we got to relationship, which for me in this case was marriage. And I simply, you know, I was all excited about everything else. But when it came down to this topic, I basically said, from my memory, I don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like off the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember you saying to me, That's exactly what we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like in those
1: moments, I'm actually hearing you say this. I'm hoping I didn't say that's exactly what we're going to talk about it. But I bet I did say something like, huh. I got to tell you that in my experience, the sticky stuff is the stuff worth talking about. (laughs) You know, so because I didn't want to push you into it. Because, you know, it's one of those things, a big part of brain based coaching and why it's so effective is that we recognize that you always have to address the how not just the what meaning not just the topic, but like what allows a person to engage in the topic. Right. If you're going into any kind of topic with just tons of fear and resistance, it's going to compromise your ability to think on a biological level. Right. And so, even when I hear things that, as as a coach with uh, almost six years of, of experience in my business at this point, when I hear things like that, and you know, you sort of you have a sense, you know that like that's where the meat is, but you can't just shove someone right in that direction. Right. You have to say, Hey, I'm ready when you are. And we can talk about all of the other stuff, but, you know, I'd be curious to hear more what you discovered in what you called the paperwork, right? Because I know that what we started with were your right now values, like the stuff that was really coming up for you at that moment in your life, not just your core values, like what mattered most to you. And I know we talked about your goal and not just from the perspective of like wanting to take your business to the next level, like numbers wise or whatever else, but really like, what did you want your experience of life to feel like? And I think that for most people, it's that moment where they really start to realize where the dissonance is, right? Because you created this big, beautiful vision and your partner kind of wasn't
0: in it. That's a great way of putting it.
1: (laughs) That's a very good way of putting it. Does that align with what you read when you checked back into it?
0: Yes. I remember like I was reading things and looking over things And I didn't find my notebook that I had all my little notes in, but I remember us having this conversation and it it was like an, oh shit moment for me because I was like, oh, and I remember saying to you, okay, I know you asked me, why are you married? Like, why are you still married? And I literally kind of like looked at you, like, I didn't think there was another option and it kind of flew open Mm -hmm. a door of like, oh crap maybe this is something i really need to look into and how do i go through this whole process so i don't know if you want to talk yeah. a little bit about that
1: about which piece specifically there's a lot of that in that
0: <laughs> <laughs> like how how i mean it, there was a whole process to this so i remember we started breaking things down in regards to how i wanted to live my life what was going on with my partner and the fact that things were not, not aligning and getting me to the point of realizing that I needed to make a decision in the direction of the way that my life was going to be going. Are Mm -hmm. you okay with this? And Mm -hmm. as I talk to my friends these days about their relationships and their lives, I always say, you know, one of the best questions that was ever asked to me to make a decision was by you, which was imagine yourself, you know, five or 10 years from now, like kind of exactly where you are now. And I was kind of like, hell, no. Like this cannot continue, you know? Yeah. And I was somebody that was severely depressed, anxiety ridden. I was drinking my problems away at night, probably more than I admitted to you. and mm-hmm. i I needed help. You know? I yeah. needed serious yeah. help. And yeah. I spent a lot of time focusing on my partner and trying to help him, thinking, that that was going to be the stepping stone to everything being mm-hmm. great in my life. And, oh, if I only just made more money, you know, like mm-hmm. life would get better. So I'm just going to make more money while I'm trying to fix him and kind of not focus on myself. Because I think a lot of the times we don't want to focus on ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think that actually is the process when you're talking about what's the process, you know, it all really starts with this experience-based goal. And this is what I talk about so much in my work is, you know, we're trained and cultured in American culture to have this like formula that we use, which is when I do or have X, I will feel Y. As soon as I make this much money, I'm going to feel this way. As soon as I get the promotion, as soon as whatever the case may be, as soon as I lose the weight, then I'll feel confident, whatever the case may be. And I think as most people have experienced, this formula is garbage. It's complete trash. It doesn't work. And there's a bunch of different reasons why it doesn't work. One of them is that feelings, feelings are not destinations. They're not outcomes, right? Uh, And we relate to them that way. And we're actually taught that, which is low quality information that a lot of us are using to inform how we lead our lives, right? But they're not, they are activities. They are verbs, Feelings are things that you have to choose and practice, right? And so it's really important that when you're thinking about what you want your life to be, you're not just coming up with a set of outcomes. Because when we decide goals, all of us, we're deciding them based on anticipated future feeling. But we don't know this, but that's what we're doing. You know, whenever you think to yourself, oh, I want to do this, I want to go on that date, I want to buy that product, I want it, whatever the case It's because some part of you says, oh, if I make that choice, I'm going to feel good about it, right? Some specific set of good about it feelings, right? We all do that. But if you haven't articulated what those feelings are, what you're actually seeking, what experience do you want? How do you want to feel about yourself, about your life, about your future, about your relationships? Then the outcomes we pick to reach those feelings, those unarticulated feelings, we're kind of pulling them out of a hat. Right? They're not really informed by anything. And so I think our first step was to really get you to think about how do you want to feel about those things? And then it becomes a much simpler process as you work through this change, right? As you work through trying to figure out, oh my gosh, do I want to be with this person anymore? Because I don't need to sit there and convince you that's bad coaching. That's not my role. That's not my job, right? You need to find that decision for yourself. But all I had to do was in every single session, just ask you, do the decisions you're making right now lead to the feelings that you know you want from your life, lead to the experience of life that you know you want. You've carved that out. You've articulated that now. And you are able to look at that and say, no, It doesn't, right? So every time you tried to avoid it, and you tried to do the action thing, right? I'm just gonna lose weight, I'm just gonna fix my partner, I'm just gonna level up my business, whatever. And you would take those steps. And then we would check back in. And I would say, now do you feel the way that you want to? Are you experiencing life in a way that matches your dream, right? That matches your goal? And if the the answer is no, then we still have to look at where's the dis, dissonance, right? Where is that discrepancy coming from? The other piece of it, though, I think that's important to mention here is relates to what I was talking about before, where we I said, you can't just throw someone into a big decision like this, right? You have to get there on your own. But a big part of getting there on your own, quote, unquote, right? It's not really on your own. If you have a, a coach or, or a friend or anybody who's helping you through this, and I think this is great advice For anybody who is supporting someone going through this as well, working towards a decision like this doesn't just mean working directly on that decision. It also means taking the steps that you need to take to be the person who can do that thing, right? Which means taking the steps that you need to build your confidence to further develop and reinforce your other relationships, right? It's very easy for us when we're in a bad marriage or a a bad toxic relationship or whatever the case may be to isolate. And we're just spending times with ourselves and with the person that we're in a bad relationship with, right? Neither one of those things in that moment are going to help you be the person who can do the thing. You need to start getting outside relationship reinforcement. You need to start having positive experiences of yourself and of yourself in the wider world right? To relearn. I know how to do this. This fucking feels good. I missed this. I missed myself. Oh, hi, me. There you are. Right. And the more you do that, and the more you take those steps, the more you start to feel, first of all, I think like a lower and lower tolerance for the current experience, you know, get to a place where you start to see there is something out there and to start believing you do deserve that. And you do have it in you maybe to get there. So your tolerance goes down, which is a critical thing (laughs) to do something that scary, you know? (laughs) It is. I Um, remember it. (laughs) Yeah, because you have to get to a place where leaving the relationship and going out into the world on your own again is less scary than staying in a relationship that is hurting both people. So key. So which pieces of this, like, do you remember that really stood out to you? Does this mirror
0: your experience? I specifically remember myself like laying out on a lounge chair and we're talking about like, okay, five years from now, 10 years from now, like, how are you going to feel? Does this align with this? And being that like, no, no. And like every call I'd be like, no, no. It, but I, it was a different, like, I think what most people struggle with, and I definitely struggled with this, is that. It's easier to stay in a relationship that you're unhappier in than to leave and be by yourself because it's a known factor. You're like, I know how I feel. I'm uncomfortable, but I've known this person for, you know, 14 years and Uh they're my person. And honestly, for me, I was absolutely, it was like my best friend. And I was absolutely terrified that I was going to lose my best friend. And Uh the like, kind of like a security blanket through thick and thin, Uh like this person And the truth is, here I am, you know, a year and almost two years divorced, and I don't speak to this person regularly. We don't have a relationship. And I kind of think that I hope that we did. But most importantly, I have a lot of peace in knowing that I'm happy single. I love being Mm -hmm. single. I mean, I would love to have the right partner, but that Mm -hmm. he's also happy in another relationship and as far as I know, doing well. So I Mm -hmm. look back on it and my mom, I think, even asked me recently, she's like, do you have any regrets? And I said, no, you know, like absolutely not. You know, when you know that you're both healthier, working on yourself, doing better, and that things were not fixable, then there has to be no regrets. And you're right about the whole process of wanting, you know, not being able to give an answer to a client, because I remember going to couples therapy and I think deep down inside, I wanted that person to be like, okay, this isn't working out. Like, we've been working on this for this long. Like, you two, Uh I know you you love each other, but like, let's let's just call it quits. And I'm talking like before we got married, we had conversation, you know, like I was thinking certain things and having lots of pressure. And I had anxiety attacks before I got married. My hair started thinning. And I thought that It was just me. Like something was just off with me. I was stressed. Mm. My anxiety was out of control. I'm just not on the right medication. But of Mm. course, you know, post walking down the aisle, I was still dealing with those things. And I was wrestling on the inside with, I'm not happy. And I remember a close friend of mine, six months after getting married, said, You know, if you're really unhappy, it's okay. You can leave. And I was like, Oh, no, no, no. Like, I can't do that. Like, I just spent a lot of money on a wedding and Mm -hmm. like, this is the love of my life and i love him and everything's going to work itself out but it came yeah. to the point where i finally realized do you really want to wait around and see like if it hasn't worked out in the last 5 years or 4 years or 3 years or however like what makes you think that it's going to get better that you're just going to magically wake up like you can't change somebody you can't and i think that i was a foolish in that and thinking that you know i i can help Everyone and I can make them better, and mm-hmm. the truth was that I needed to focus on myself and take care of myself and yeah. get better.
1: Yeah, yeah. In order to
0: be healthy for someone else,
1: absolutely. And you know, there's a couple key things that that I thought of as you were kind of sharing that. The first one is um, just that so much of brain-based coaching work when people ask me, what's what's my goal in the work, right? And I think a lot of people have a negative experience with the word life coach, because so much they hear things like, you know, you're gonna be the happiest you've ever been and you're gonna be, you know, it's just like, it's all this toxic positivity. And when you're in a bad place, first of all, you just don't believe that. There's no part of your brain that's going to accept that you can just be a light switch and go from how you're currently feeling to this just sort of like amazing, awestruck, beautiful existence, you know? I mean, it's just like, and so you, you fail before you even begin, right? Which is, I think, really, really a disservice that the self-help industry in general does to folks and a lot of other parts of, of you know, of our culture, right? Like we have to remember that happy is not supposed to be a constant state, It's a beautiful thing that we have this full spectrum of human emotions. We have this incredible palette that we can paint with. And those hard emotions, those challenging emotions, those are usually the source of the most growth, of incredible beauty, of art, of revolution. You know what I mean? Like, try and think of one album that you just love that came from a person who was at the happiest point in their life. (laughs) I mean, when like, just always, I'll, I'll yeah. you no. know, uh-uh. so when I talk about what's my actual goal as a coach, my goal is to help my clients understand how their brains actually work, and where your brains are fucking with you, so that you can develop a new relationship with your brain where it's a friend and an asset instead of an obstacle and an enemy. Because when it's an obstacle or an enemy, you're constantly in a position where you don't trust yourself. You're so scared of your own brain. You're so scared of what you're going to find if you sit down and have a really deep, vulnerable, honest, one-on-one conversation with yourself that you avoid that conversation uh, like as much as possible. And you will take literally any other path. You know, at any time you reach a fork and one option is have a real conversation with yourself (laughs) and the other option is do something that definitely isn't right for you but is more familiar and feels safer. You're going to take that second choice over and over again unless you can get to a point where you understand your brain and you and your brain are friends again because when you're not afraid of what's inside your mind and you have the tools to process hard emotions and to... Learn how to trust yourself. You put yourself back in the driver's seat of your life, right? You regain agency, which is so critical here. Because, and this brings me to the second thing that I was thinking of as you were talking, which is this thing of like how hard it is to leave something even when it's bad, because you're familiar with it. You were like, I know this, like this is the this is the evil I know, right? And that's the thing, right? One of the things about our brains is that our brains fundamentally are animal brains, right? Some parts of it have been evolved into, you know, human brains, quote unquote. But basically they're animal brains and our animal brains, their directive is to keep us alive. It doesn't care about happy or productive or sane or balanced or like any of the other measures of like modern contemporary life, quality of life, right? Um, it cares about survival. And as such, if you're in a situation that hasn't killed you yet, your brain says, yeah, seems good. Seems right. Hasn't killed me yet. Let's not expand, expend resources, trying to figure something else out, trying to engage in change. Change is scary. Change is unknown. I see a perceived threat in that direction. So let's definitely avoid that, which is horrible because you can get familiar with anything. You can get familiar with intense depression. I speak from very personal experience here. You can get familiar with abuse. Yep. You can get familiar with any number of things that are immensely detrimental to self worth, to self confidence, to being alive. Even, and so that's why this work is so critical. You know, and I think that was our path together. Right? Was was helping you figure out how to get higher quality information from your brain and continuously checking in. Is this what I actually want or is it just the default? Is this what I actually want or is it just the default? And then learning how to develop the courage and the self-trust to go towards the thing you actually want instead of just the default, which is a process. It's not an overnight, like it's not like you just figure that out and then know how to do it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because when I was going back and looking at some of the paperwork that I filled out and some of the things that I wanted in my life, I have to be honest, they're exactly the same as I want now. And I was like, huh, like you really are true to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, wanting to be independent, yeah. wanting to travel. I wrote down that I wanted to meditate yeah. twice a day. I actually meditate for 20 minutes twice a day now and it's completely changed my life. And I look at that and I laugh because, <laughs> back, because back then it's like there's I was facing so much anxiety that I just, I couldn't get myself to sit yeah. still. I didn't want to sit with myself. Yeah. But now that's something yeah. that, you know, I'm able to do. I, I realize now when I need to reach out to a friend when I'm feeling lonely, you know, being single, living alone, I'm more aware of the fact that I need to be socialized and I need, I need connection with people in general, but definitely with my friends. So I, you know, when I, uh, on the weekend, I'm like, okay, who can I reach out to? Who can I check in with? Um, and that type Mm -hmm. of stuff. I know that I hate to clean. So I hired a cleaning lady to come twice a month. (laughs) There's certain things that I just kind of like, you know, if I can't get through something, I just, I need help. Just put it out there. I need help and it's okay. Yeah. And
1: a huge part of that, I think, is realizing or not, it's not even realizing, but just being able to identify and process and debunk, I think, a lot of shame. Oh, yeah. And the key piece there is like, what do I actually have ownership over? Right. And when you go through that, I mean, how many people just end up clotheslined in their anxiety or their depression or whatever else because they're like, I can't clean. And because me. I can't clean, I live in this environment and I'm constantly overwhelmed. And it makes me depressed more and it reduces my self-worth because I look around me and I'm like, who would live in this fucking slob, disgusting mess? And, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? And you look at that and you you have all of this shame. And it's kind of, you know, there are all of these things I don't know, that we just inherit from culture that become moral weaknesses somehow, right? You're supposed to be a morning person. You're supposed to be a very tidy person. You're supposed to be just someone who prioritizes productivity and just getting all the things done. You know, you're supposed to prioritize self-sacrifice at the expense of mental wellness, physical wellness, all of these kinds of things. These are these are these weird moral Cultural implications. And yet, if I've learned anything from coaching hundreds and hundreds of people, it's that there is no way to be a person. There's not like a prescription, there's not a set of criteria that's universally accepted or handed down, right? Depending on where you come from, what you grew up with, what your parents' expectations were, what you learned from the media of your country or your town or what I mean. That's where all that stuff is inherited from. There is no universal rule about how you have to be a person. And a lot of that stuff is also just bullshit inherited stuff from the patriarchy or, you know, capitalism, right? Like being a morning person. That is messaging that was specifically put out there as propaganda, because in an agrarian society, you need to be a morning person, right? To make the most of your day as a, as a farmer or a rancher. And then when industrialization came, they want you to be a morning person because then they can get more hours from you when you're working in the factory, right? This benefits the person who owns the factory. It doesn't benefit you. And actually, it turns out that no one gives a shit if you're a morning person, as long as you're clear with your clients when you're available and they agree to that. And then you are. When you said you would be. (laughs) That's literally that's the whole thing when it comes to business, at least, you know? So you can be any kind of person. And there's we have all of this inherited shame around things that if if you're able to sort of debunk that and be like, wait a minute, do I even agree with where this came from? Do I know where this came from? And do I agree with it? Do I support that worldview? Is that what I would be putting onto other people in my life? Then you can get rid of a lot of that shame you know, I read this article recently about how so much of therapists work. And I you know, I feel the same as a coach, is just helping people come up with simple but creative solutions, you know, like, do you have, you know, ADHD, that's really messing with your executive functioning, and you feel like you can't do the dishes. And mm-hmm. as a result, it's that same thing we talked about a snowballs, yeah. right? There's a domino effect to it. Well, so buy paper plates, not forever. That's obviously not a good choice for the environment, but come up with a temporary solution that's going to allow you to make it through that mindset until you feel better. And then you can come up with a new solution, right? And it's the same thing, hire a cleaning person, if you have the means, or if you don't have the means, you know, invite a friend over, put some great music on, turn it into an event, you don't have to sit there small in your shame. Yeah. Not getting it done because you think that that's the only way that it's supposed to happen. And I've been seeing you over the past couple of years coming up with all kinds of creative solutions like this. I love it. You know, I mean, you're obviously someone who is motivated by sharing her story. I mean, hence yeah. the whole podcast, right? Yes, of course. And I think that's so powerful for a lot of people. And in fact, um, it's the uh, the fastest and most effective way through shame is to share. Our shame to share our vulnerability and share those stories that benefits everyone involved, the listener and the speaker, right? So you're yeah. finding these creative ways to get what you need from yourself and your life, and releasing a lot of that shame as you go. And the more you release, I mean, the more I see you thrive, the more effective. I'm seeing you it, are, I'm learning. It's it's
0: so, it's you know, so hard because you want to. You know there's things that you're afraid of and that that next step of going to the next level but I I'm seeing it more and more the idea of the podcast came up because I was sharing my story with somebody else a part of my story and they shared a part of them and turned to me crying saying I've never told this to anybody and I was like oh yeah. and then I thought about it and I was like this is amazing and we needed to be doing more of this Yeah People need to be able to tell their yeah. story and know that they're not alone
1: Absolutely and a lot of times it's, I mean, it's not just that, but that is oftentimes the turning point. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share any secrets here, obviously, Lucy, <laughs> but you've come to me at a couple of times, even yeah. beyond our initial
0: engagement yeah,
1: with some pretty intense stuff that you needed to share with yeah. somebody. And after sharing it, even without kind of additional work or additional steps, you were able to move forward.
0: Don't you think? And I definitely want to point that out that one, I love you so much. Like I consider you part of my family. I, you're like one of those people in my life that I feel like forever, like indebted to that has helped me with my path and my confidence and, and knowing that I can make the right decision for myself. But yes, I did find myself, we're not going to go into it right now, but I did find myself in a situation about, I want to say like maybe a year after we stopped working together where I needed to make a very difficult decision. And Mm -hmm. I was like, how am I going to do this? Like I felt like everyone wanted me to do the thing that I felt like I couldn't do, but couldn't explain to them Mm -hmm. why. And Mm -hmm. I remember messaging you and you were like, I remember you were busy. It was the holidays. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, this is what happened to me personally and you said, I got it. I'll clear my schedule. We will make time for this. We will get through this. And we were able to make the decision, or I was able to make the decision that I know you probably want me to own that, (laughs) that I was not comfortable going through with my plans to go live abroad. And that Mm -hmm. I needed to make the right decision for myself. And Mm -hmm. I know that you're that person that when (laughs) I'm coming to that point where I have difficult decisions that I know I can call because you give such great advice. So thank you. First of all, of course,
1: Lucy, same, 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 right? Love you. You are family. And, and I've been, I mean, it's been like an honor and a privilege to work with you and to be that person in those moments. I mean, I take that, I take that privilege very, very seriously. And, and I also want to say, you know, that it wasn't, it's not advice, that moves you forward. I do my best to, to, uh, I mean, I'll give advice if people ask for it, but, but my work with you has always been to empower you and to give you access to your own advice, right. To, to help you remember that, you know, best what you need and to trust those instincts and to act on them. And to, you know, I think sometimes what our work has been is, you know, first of all, just, creating a space where you feel comfortable kind of owning up to the choice that your your soul is wanting you to make, you know, like admitting that. But then the next part is, and this is what's so hard for a lot of us, it's not even making the choice, it's figuring out how to articulate that to other people. Yeah, right? How do I share this with my community, my parents, my whoever? in a way that feels comfortable to me, that I'm not ashamed of, that that helps them understand and be on my side, that doesn't create additional conflict or in a way that I can't deal with. I mean, that that's a lot of the work too, don't you think?
0: Definitely. I actually, I remember the yeah. exercise we did when I came to you and we were working on that situation about whether I was going to go live abroad or not. And it was a simple exercise. I, I don't even know what to call it, how to describe it, but it's like the answer just came to me and I was so relieved. You know, I was just like, oh, I was like, I have this decision. I'm okay with it. It's the right thing for me. And to be able to trust yourself and mm-hmm. to not feel shame and to feel like you're okay
1: is a beautiful yeah. thing. Oh man, it's the whole thing, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's the whole thing. And and I think, you know, our work as people in general is to continue showing up for that process, you know, because it's not like it's not like you ever get to a point where you're not going to have negative feelings or you're not going to sometimes encounter challenging situations or impossible seeming decisions or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. That's just being a person in the world. So, like, let's just admit that out loud to each other right now. Right. Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's no way around that it's stuff. Being a like human It's hard and relentless, you know, (laughs) you can't get off that ride. Right. And so, so the real trick is to keep showing up for the work. That's how we, that's how we judge ourselves. That's how we uh, show up for ourselves is to keep doing the work, meaning to keep feeling those feelings, to keep processing them and to keep, you know, tuning into that instinct and learning how to articulate to ourselves our needs, our boundaries, you know, all of those things, um, before we can begin to articulate them to to other people. Uh, And the more you do that, work, the better you get at it, you know, the more it becomes the new habit, but the more it becomes the new comfortable thing. And that's the sweet spot, right? When your brain is like, I recognize this discomfort and I feel comfortable within it because we do this a lot. <laughs> you know, and I've gone through it so many times and I've seen it not kill me so many times. Like, okay, I can deal with this. And I think that's also what resilience looks like, you know? Yes.
0: No, I, I've yeah. going back and looking through the paperwork that we worked on together, I thought to myself, okay, you know, there are a couple of things on this list, like I need to go back and revisit because I'm not quite there yet. But, you know, Like thinking about what makes me happy, what I need to to get done, but also like, what do I need in regards to time to recuperate and to rest and to relax and to give myself that self-care that I need because when we were working together, I was beating myself into the ground. You know, like I just anxiety, depression, go, go, go. I just if I just did more, everything would be okay. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, that thing that thing over there, it needs to get done, but it can wait. Like it's okay. Yeah. Everything everything is okay. Yeah. You don't have to feel shame about this.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's going to get done, right? And that's, you know, that all comes down to one of my, you know, one of my fundamental things, right? Rules aren't real. Most of the rules that we beat ourselves over the head with are either like cultural rules or things that we inherited, right? Which, you know, you get to decide at any point if you agree with the values behind those rules, if you agree with the worldview behind those rules and if they actually serve you, Right. And the others, like most of the other rules are rules that we wrote, (laughs) and then we forget. We still have the pencil with which we wrote those rules. And on that pencil is an eraser. You get to make new choices at any point. Those aren't real rules, right? And so things like, oh, this has to get done, or I have to do it this way. um, Those are just easy ways to trap yourself into perceived failure when actually you haven't failed anything. There was nothing to fail at. The rule didn't exist. You just decided something, you know. I mean, that's like incredibly empowering because the point there is not settle. It's not like don't set goals and don't don't try and elevate yourself. It's to stay focused on the purpose, not the implementation. You know what? Like for example, if you decide, hey, I want to wake up feeling more calm and grounded going into my day. Like I don't like waking up feeling just like hectic and stressed and already behind. You know. And that's the purpose. The purpose is to feel more calm and grounded going into your day, right? But then you might say to yourself, I'm gonna do that by meditating every morning. Now, meditating sounds like it really works for you. It does. <laughs> but I know a lot of people who try and meditate and it doesn't work for them. It pisses them off. They feel like they don't know how to do it. They just sit there with racing thoughts and you know whatever the case may be, right? And it's not that meditation couldn't ever help those people. That's not the point. But in that moment, It's making them feel stressed. And so then they're either doing it and getting pissed off or they're not doing it and avoiding it. And then they say to themselves, I failed at the task I set myself because I'm not meditating or I'm not doing it well. But meditating was never the purpose. The purpose was to go into your day feeling more calm and grounded, right? So it's like stay focused on the purpose, not the implementation. If you try an implementation and it doesn't work for you, that's okay. That's just data right? That's just information. Now you've learned a thing that doesn't work for you. Try a different thing. Keep iterating. This is how literally everything else in the world works. This is how any invention has come to be. This is how any piece of music was ever written. This is how any piece of art was ever created. This is how any business was ever developed. It was never perfect on round one. And yet when it comes to ourselves, we have this weird pass-fail mentality. Like just embrace the experiment, man, stay focused on the purpose. And I, you know, I really see you doing that. And this conversation just totally reinforces that. <laughs>
0: Thank you, you think
1: of any other places that you do that?
0: I'm not sure. It, it's so funny, though, because as you say that, you know, people struggling with meditation, I was that person. I went and I spent on a thousand dollars on the court, a four-day course. And I, fa- I felt like I was failing at it and I was suffering because I had anxiety. And when it came back to, let's say, you know, I think it was like, seven months ago, I was like, okay, let me try this again. Like I'm in a better frame of mind. Like, let me be open to trying it again and being able to give it the time and to really work on it. And it is one of those things that you really have to want for yourself. But I'm I'm constantly finding myself in situations where I'm like, okay, this isn't working. Let's try this instead. Or sometimes just throwing things out the window completely and just saying, you know what, this is not working for me. I'm going to try something different, you know, and not beating myself against the wall for a long period of time.
1: Oh, 100%. And you know, two, like two key points there. One is that shame is a really ineffective motivator. Right? So a lot of us, we try and punish ourselves with growth.
0: I <laughs> used to do that all the Punishing time. Yourself- I may still do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Punishing yourself with growth is, is rarely effective, right? But when you go into growth, wanting it for how it's going to feel, that's a totally different experience, right? That was for you take one meditation and take two meditation, right? And I think the other place that this shows up a lot, and I know you have some experience with this too, is when it comes to losing weight, right? I mean, how many times do we do a diet or a workout plan or something like that, and it doesn't work for us for any number of reasons? And it's so hard in that moment to not just have that pass fail mentality and be like, obviously, I'm not good at losing weight the end and give up. And instead of being like, there was something about this path or this effort or this plan that isn't serving me, maybe I'm not in the right headspace for it. And I actually need to work more on, you know, sort of confidence or self love or something a little bit first and see if that opens up some space for me to be able to do A nutrition plan or a whatever else, right? I mean, there's, there's so many other ways that we go into that. But when we try and punish ourselves with growth, in a pass fail way, it's super ineffective versus when we approach growth from a perspective of, I think this is going to help me feel more of how I want to feel. And I'm going to go into it as an experiment and continually learn what does work for me and bring more of that into my life and what doesn't work for me and ditch that shit without shame. Yeah. Understanding that I'm just compiling more and more things that work for me. And that's, what's going to lead me to the place where I recognize the self that I want to be, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to also like, I would hold on to people in my life that weren't working for me, not just like my relationships, mm-hmm. but like, There'd be friendships or even business coaches or people in my business that I Mm -hmm. would not want to face the fact that these were not good people and would keep them and would then, you know, waste the time going through it. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Like I can easily identify this person is not somebody that I connect with. This person is not somebody I should work with and, you know, need to try something else. Like less wasting time and more moving forward in a happy, healthier way. And
1: I think everything that you're just saying, that's another perfect example. Um, And everything you're saying kind of comes back to that thing about learning how to trust ourselves, learning how to trust our instincts. You know, I mean, everything about respect and boundaries, you know, there's all these conversations about you have to set your boundaries and you teach people how to, you know, how to treat you and all of this kind of stuff. And a lot of what isn't built into that conversation, you know, that conversation happens a lot as if that's the starting point. The starting point is setting boundaries and demanding respect and demanding treatment that you deserve and all that kind of thing. But the thing is, the foundation for being able to take any of those steps is self worth. You have to believe yourself worthy of respect. You have to believe yourself worthy of boundaries and of, asking that those boundaries be respected, that people pay attention to that. You have to you have to believe that you're worthy of friendships where people are good to you and treat you well and lift you up and show up for you and put in effort and you know all of that kind of stuff, you know? And so That self-worth piece, and I'm not saying you have to be like at a hundred on a scale from one to hundred, like (laughs) self-worth scale, right? But I think a lot of us, our our beginning work is to get further in that direction because that's what allows you to set those boundaries, right? And that totally mirrors this process that you're talking Mm. about where you started in such a place of shame and then you were still accepting these friends and this kind of thing. And the more you learn to trust yourself and to believe in yourself, And to acknowledge your instincts and feel like those instincts were good information, you were able to set those boundaries. And in some cases, you know, say "Sayonara" to some of these unhelpful people in your life, right?
0: Yep. Is there anything you can think of that we haven't talked about that we should go over?
1: If I were thinking about something else that maybe we could throw into this conversation just for your listeners, Mm -hmm. is you have any sort of like top level takeaways from the experience? Of working together or or just kind of this you know this path over the past couple of years of you <sighs> know things to focus on, or I mean anything any any tips, any tools, anything like that that you feel like you want to offer folks as a starting point
0: uh, the one thing that really comes to mind is, and I think the the key part is never feel like you don't have an option that you don't have another place that you can go, somebody to call that you have to be stuck in whatever situation you're in. And I I know that I'm saying this from a, a place of privilege, but I want people to know that feel like they don't have an option, that there is always an option out there. There's organizations that can help you. You never have to be alone. And I feel like I've definitely become, I, I've realized how blessed that I am when it comes to the friendships that I have. I, I'm confident that I feel like I have people that I can call when I need to. You know the points of time where you know post divorce i was extremely depressed and suicidal and i had a lot of shame in leaving my significant other and a lot of that had to do with fear of what would happen to him but also how people would perceive me and it was it was a very very dark place it went on for quite some time and I feel blessed that I had people that I could call and say like I'm not okay. <laughs> you know, like I I need help. Um the medication, I, I don't think it's working. Um and he he was even one of those people where I could like if things were really bad, I you know, I'm very thankful that I could contact him and say like this is what's going on. And I just want people to know that just because you're you know in a committed relationship, just because you're in a lease with somebody, I can't tell you how many times I've been in that situation, just because you're engaged and everyone's waiting for the wedding, just because you don't think you have enough money to walk away from whatever situation you are in. There is always an option. And I think that that is the number one takeaway from this is never feel Mm -hmm. like your life has to stay the way that it is right now. If you're not happy or if you're hurting, Whether somebody's yeah. hurting, you hurting you or you're hurting yourself, you're hurting mm-hmm. financially, emotionally, mentally, whatever the case may be, you do not have to stay in the situation you are in for other people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you feel guilty or shame. Mm-hmm. There's another side to the rainbow. You know, there's a, there's another option out there for you and never feel like you have to be stuck where you're at.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, if I can add just one thing to that, because that's so on point, is that you don't have to have the whole next thing figured out. You don't even have to have the whole next option figured out, right? In fact, that doesn't even, your biology doesn't even support that. You know, your brain is going to be more able to think of that good future life when it gets closer to it, right? The more free it is from the bad past life. You know, I mean, kind of an analogy here is imagine you're in the dark And you say to yourself, well, I can't walk out of the dark, because I can't see what's on the other side of the dark, right? I can't see it. Well, of course not. You're in the dark. Can you see one candle? Walk towards that one candle, and then look around again. And that one candle is going to illuminate a few other things, Mm -hmm. Okay, now choose which of those things. And that thing, now maybe you're walking towards a lamp. (laughs) Yeah. And the lamp lights up a few more things, right? And then you choose from that set of things. And then you walk a little further. And now maybe you've got like a full on high powered flashlight that you can actually aim in whatever direction you want. And like Mm -hmm. eventually you end up in the sunshine right? But you're not going to be in that fully illuminated space at the very beginning of the process. That's okay. Don't expect that from yourself. Just look for the candle. Look for the next option. It doesn't have to be the final or best or the complete solution. Just what's next? What gets you moving?
0: And for a good, healthy direction. For coming from somebody that was in that very dark room that could not see the light, I see the sunshine every single freaking day, and it's not because I live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I like literally, like I sometimes I I laugh or I just smile out of nowhere just thinking about where I was, you know, in the process of um, leaving my relationship, post that process, and not being able to get a bed every day. And where I am now, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. it just, it gives me even more of a reason not to beat myself up and feel shameful. Cause it's like, Lucy, like you got out of bed today. Like you have to celebrate that. You didn't stay in bed all day. You didn't go to, you didn't get in bed at 6 PM because you felt like you couldn't do it anymore. You know, like you're living your life. You have great, you fulfilling relationships. You're, you financially can take care of yourself. Like there's so many amazing things in your life. And yeah. you don't, you know, like, don't feel that way anymore. You know, be happy yeah. in the moment because you never know when that's gonna yeah. go away. So,
1: yeah. And you didn't, you know, you definitely didn't see the full scope of the sunshine,
0: no. you know, three, four
1: years ago, right? Um, not at all. I mean, it's impossible. You can't, you can't because you can't. The thing is that you create the sunshine. The Very sunshine's true. not a destination, it's not a thing that already exists, it's a thing that you create along the way by continuing to choose more and more light as you go, right? You created that space for yourself. And I bet right now your life is not quote unquote perfect because that's not a real thing either, right? But I know that when you get to those moments, those moments of struggle, those moments of shame, you stop and you say, this is how I'm feeling right now. And this is also influenced by circumstance, you know, like by a global pandemic, for example, but it doesn't define who I am. And it doesn't prevent me from continuing to make choices that serve me. And so I'm going to make just the next choice. And I see it. I see it all
0: the time. My mom always used to say to me and still does, like whenever I'm going through a hard time, she's like, every day you wake up and you can choose to be happy. You can choose to have a good day. And that's definitely Uh helped me in moments where I'm like, I don't really. Lucy, like you can have a good day. Uh You can have a fabulous day. You know, put that bright lipstick on, put the makeup on, blow out your hair, drive down the sunset, like everything can be perfect if you want it to be. Yeah. So in your own mind. Which
1: circle, right? Feelings are not outcomes. They're not a result of something. They're what you choose. They're what Mm -hmm. you take action around. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to to speak with you today. It's been a pleasure.
0: (laughs) We'll have to talk another time. But where can people find you? Like what's your website? What's your Instagram? What's the best way to contact you?
1: Sure. I am at www.rowancoaching.com. And uh, I'm sure you'll have that link somewhere for folks to click on. so I'm not going to spell it, but uh, it's Rowan Coaching and that's my handle everywhere. Instagram, Uh Facebook, all that stuff. It's just at Rowan Coaching and uh, I have lots of cool stuff coming up. You know, I have this really phenomenal group program, a 12 week group program called Unbecoming Foundations where we go through a lot of the stuff you and I went through plus some more uh, everything from values to that experience based goal to some really powerful mindset stuff where we're learning emotional regulation tools and how to debunk those really evil beliefs that we were just talking about using neuroscience and and logic and and uh, you know everything everything from the big zoomed out stuff, big picture, big vision to the strategies and the actions and the the process of making progress. And also coming up on uh, April 10th, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to be offering a lab, a negative to possible lab. Hmm. And this is a half day workshop, plus some other cool stuff that teaches folks how to use neuroscience to shift from survive to thrive. So how to debunk those thoughts, how to identify them to begin with and what to do about it, right? There's a whole yeah. process involved where we can really leverage our brains and our biology and use how we came into the world to our benefit, you know, use them in a way that we can learn how to make our brains, our friends and assets in our journey instead of obstacles. So I'll be sharing about that on my site and my social uh, within a week or so. And I'm hoping uh, lots of people join us for that because it's going to be yeah. an absolutely phenomenal series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lots more coming up, but you'll, you can awesome. see all the rest of it on the social.
0: Great. Thanks so much.
1: My pleasure. Talk soon.
0: Before you go, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive new episodes when they are released. If you are enjoying this podcast so far, please take a moment to leave us a review. This is one of the major ways Apple ranks their podcasts, and it really only takes just a few seconds. Thank you for joining me, Lucy Pinto, in this episode of the Sassy Warrior Podcast, Stories of Everyday Resilience. See you next time.